Good morning. Grace and peace to you. Good to see everyone this morning. Reminder to the brothers about the men's retreat. Get the flyer and so forth and uh, sign up. Hope to see you there and we can all go up together. We'll rent a bus, a van. Okay. I have a lesson this morning that you may have never heard. God of pleasures. We're not talking about Apollo or Aphrodite here or the devil. We're talking about our God, the God of creation, the true and the living God. If there's pleasure in the world, we ask ask the question, from where did it come? This lesson is a lesson about balance. You've heard me say balance 100, 200, 500 times, maybe more than that. We're often accused as Christians of being killjoys and sobersides. We don't have any fun. And we certainly are to have the serious view of life and the truthful view of life. That's why we're talking about balance here. But God has not made us to live with heavy hearts, downturned lips, and crushing burdens. Remember Jesus said, Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. We seem to forget that at times, a lot of times. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6.10, it's not on your list, the sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Sorrowful yet always rejoicing. We just had the reading there that Rick read uh, for us for the table where the ladies, the women, departed to the tomb with fear and great joy, both at the same time. So we have to learn that in life to keep that proper balance. That our Heavenly Father, our Creator, has given us these pleasures in life to enjoy. And we need to enjoy them. And to honor Him and tell others about them. And in fact, He Himself delights in many things, and we're going to see that. He Himself delights in stuff. And this all comes from the character and the heart of God. But there are some cautions. We want to give the cautions first, okay? Let's go to Hebrews 11. Again, this is about the balance, because we as Christians, or even humans, but sometimes as Christians, we tend to go to the extremes. We overdo it one way or the other. You know, we can think, well, it's all about the fun and the pleasure and the good stuff and relaxation, and that's what life is. Well, no. But then some of it, well, it's all about the work and the hard work and the striving and the and the doing the will of God. Well, yes, that's important, but there, are, there is a balance required in life because God, God knows what he made. He knows who he made. We are but dust. And he knows that we need to have some pleasure. 
some delight in life. He made us that way. Hebrews 11.25 <clears throat> talking about Moses and his choice to leave Pharaoh's house and follow with the people of God, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, sin has its pleasures, and we're not talking about those pleasures. They are deceptive, and they are short-lived, and they're not from God, and we don't have time to get into all the pleasures of sin. You know, they are... They are pleasurable for a while, but in the end, they end up biting and hurting. Okay? So we're not talking about them. Now, if we look in Titus 3.3, 3, there's a warning here about to Christians. We're also, we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures. Enslaved to them. This is the caution. Okay, to being a slave even to good pleasures. We don't want to be enslaved to them. We can be addicted, enslaved to all kinds of things that are good and even wholesome and to the forgetting of our walk with God and our need to serve God. Okay, so like I said, this is up front here, the cautions about the pleasure, God-given pleasure in our lives, but keeping it in balance as we live from day to day. That's what we need. All right. Let's go to Psalm 149. And we're going to start looking at a couple of scriptures about God. That he himself has a heart for pleasure. Okay? Verse 4, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation. I, as I was reflecting on this, I was thinking, this is just like a, a father, and he is our father, a heavenly father. Like a father with his children. If you've been a parent, you understand what I'm talking about. To watch them grow. To watch them learn, to watch them take the first step, to see them uh, smile, to see them enjoy something, uh, whether it's a book or a song or, you know, just you playing with them and they're laughing. You take pleasure in that, don't you? I hope you did. I hope you do, watching your children grow. Well, this is what God is talking about. He delights in his children. He delights in seeing us uh, do the right thing and grow in him, all right, and learn and explore his world and explore the word and get closer to him. He delights in that. This makes God feel good. He delights in his children. You know, as parents, we... Uh, well, you, all the kids are different, but a lot of them were in the playing ball games or some kind of sport activities, and you used to go and watch them do that. And you uh, enjoyed that and saw them do well, or even just that they were participating, you know, whatever it was that they liked to do. And that's important, again, for parents to help their children find out, well, you know, what, what do they like to do and support them in that. 
uh, awards that they might have received, the good choices they made, you know, when they, they had a choice to make between something that was bad and something that was good, and they chose the right thing, they, you, you took pleasure in that. You said, that a boy, that a girl. That was, that was the right thing to do. It made you feel good. And God is the same way with us. He has a heart for pleasure. Psalm 104. All right. I thought this was really neat. Pleasure is built into God's creation. over there, 24 to 26, O Lord, how many are your works, in wisdom you have made them all, the earth is full of your possessions, there is the great, the sea, great and broad, in which are swarms without number, animals both small and great, there the ships move along, and Leviathan, which you have formed to sport in it. And some translations actually say play. Just think about that. I don't know exactly what Leviathan is. Scholars have gone back and forth. Is it some uh, special sea creature we've never seen? Is it, in fact, some kind of giant whale? Was it a dinosaur-type thing? We don't know for sure. But it was something that God created to put in the sea to play. you imagine God up there after he made that thing there on whichever day that was? Some of you know that. And he said, look at him go. And watch him. Watch him frolic. Watch him flip. Watch him turn. Watch him, you know, watch that whale come from down how many hundred feet to breach. Look at that. You think that didn't thrill God? See, we've got to step back and look at things. We've got to see the scripture. We've got to understand our God made that Leviathan to sport or play there in the ocean. And then this from Job 40. I'd, never, I'd seen that, that verse before, but this one, you know, you read the scriptures a hundred times and then you overlook. But this one, I missed this one. Job 40, 20, Surely the mountains bring him food and all the beasts of the field play there. They play there. You ever seen a picture? Maybe, in fact, maybe you've seen this uh, in person. If you're uh, one from a farm, a little lamb that gambles. You know how G-A-M-B-O-L, how they just kind of bounce around, they leap. It's amazing. And then I was thinking, of course, if you've ever seen a puppy, anybody ever play with a little puppy? How much fun they are, and they just roll around, you know. And of course, the kitty likes to climb up in your lap, and they chase a string or whatever it is. And that's from God. That's from God. God made all this. He built that into His creation. We have to see it. There's pleasure there. Okay, it's good stuff. Don't be afraid to enjoy it. Don't be afraid. Some people are afraid to enjoy life. They think you know, they get out there and they enjoy something, and the big hammer is going to come down, something bad is going to happen to them. You know anybody like that? There are people like that. They are just afraid to enjoy anything because they think something's going to happen, that God's going to be mad at them. That's not true. 
All right, Psalm 16. This talks about gifts for all mankind. 1611. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And, of course, that, I think that's, that's the, that satisfaction, that great contentment and, and true joy that comes with it in. But then, in your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Some translations have forevermore. In your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. It's not just all about being stern and towing the line and righteous living and fighting sin. And, of course, we, you know, again, balance. We're not throwing that out the window, obviously. But there is a, a side of life that we have to learn to enjoy. The pleasures that God has given us, let's enjoy them properly. Psalm 36. Seven to nine. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house. And you give them to drink of the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. The psalmist writes, of a river of delights. It's interesting to trace this. We don't have time in this lesson. This river is mentioned in other places in the scripture. And it's even in Revelation 21 where it talks about a river flowing from the throne of God. The water's the tree of life. River of delights. God has these pleasures for us. All types of blessings. The physical blessings. The food. We could go way down the road on food, couldn't we? How many here do not like food? Do not have a favorite food or a food group or a list of foods that you really like? It's from God. Enjoy it. Yeah, you can overindulge, yes. You can do that. You can make food your life. And that's what we were warned about. You can't do that. But nothing wrong with having a great meal. I'm saying, but don't forget. This is from God. That's what we tend to forget, too, you see. It's all about me. You know, I went to work. I bought it and so forth. And the farmers made it. Well, right. There's people involved, but this is from God. God does these things. He's made that for us. Good health comes from God. Beauty. The beauty around us in creation, we've talked about this many times, uh, you know, the flowers, the sky, the sunsets, the rainbows, beauty in the face of a child, in your spouse, other kinds of beauty everywhere, made to enjoy. Look for it. See it. See it being from God comes from his heart, you see. God is not an ugly old guy. He's beautiful. He's lovely. And he spreads that beauty in his creation. There's emotional pleasure, peace and comfort and contentment that God gives us. 
be able to be at peace. Sit on your deck or your front porch or wherever and just have a cup of tea and just sit there and relax. And say, life is good because God is good. That's a pleasure from God. If you know he's there and he's taking care of things, that's a God's gift. Spiritual gifts, of course, fruit of the Spirit, that deep joy, that contentment to know that you have the truth of God, you're on the right track. That's, that's from God. To be able to love like God, to have the joy, love, joy, peace, patience, right? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These all bring us pleasure because we know we are being God-like. And when we're God-like, that's contentment. Then there are relational pleasures in family, your spouse, children, others, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. Doesn't it just bring you joy and pleasure to know that your spouse loves you and is taking care of you and they would go to great lengths even to death to take care of you? Isn't that a pleasure to know that? Even to know that you would do that? That's peace. That's joy. And again, we talked about the children and so forth. We have to open up our eyes and ears to, to these blessings. And understand again, these all come from God. He wants us to see them, to enjoy them, to have them in our lives, and then to tell others. God really blessed me yesterday. Went out with my wife, and we had a great meal, and uh, we just we just talked, and it was just a great evening. And God is just so good. That's that's life. Part of the good stuff of life. Yeah, we know things can be hard and things are tough and it, it comes from time to time. And you have to do the right thing. You have to face it. But God has built this ple these pleasures into our lives. Let's not miss them. Our Heavenly Father is truly a fountain of blessing. Well, the fount of every blessing. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 5. We've already mentioned this, but we are to enjoy these gifts of God. You know, um, Ecclesiastes sometimes can be difficult to understand. Solomon writes of it from the standpoint of just being under the sun, kind of without God, life being without God. But even in that context, look what Solomon wrote. Ecclesiastes 5.18. Here is what I've seen to be good and fitting. To eat, to drink, and to enjoy oneself in all one's labor in which he toils under the sun during the few years of his life, which God has given him. Well, this is his reward. How many of us have missed that? We think work is a drudgery, you know, and 
We don't even enjoy the meal we eat. We eat it in, you know, 90 seconds, pig it out, and then go sit in the front room and grumble about how rough your day was. That's not right. Furthermore, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth, he has also empowered him to eat from them and to receive his reward and rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. For he will not often consider the years of his life because God keeps him occupied with the gladness of his heart. Wow. Good thing. The small blessings, the joy in the small blessings, and I'll just turn that around and say which really aren't even small blessings. They're great blessings. These are the great blessings of life, the pleasures. Okay. Cup of coffee. Bacon and eggs. hesitate to say pizza, but chocolate. What do you like? I don't know, but you do. Shelter from the elements. You know how many people live today do not have shelter from the elements? Living under a bridge in a hut. A comfortable bed. May people sleep on a mat on a dirt floor. Satisfaction with the work of one's hands. We talked about that. Your abilities, your talents, your gifts from God, being able to use and recognize them and use them. Like everybody's experience when they've done a good something good, whatever it is, you painted a room, you changed the oil in your car, you know, whatever. Baked a cake and put a spread a great Thanksgiving dinner on a table. You have that great feeling of satisfaction, don't you? Look at that. I did this. We're not talking about pride, but we're understanding God enabled me to do that, and this is the same thing I see that God did when he created. And he stepped back from it and said, it's good. It's very good. It's the same thing. All right. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6. And this is a good passive scripture to, rem- to remind ourselves about our money and wealth, okay? It's kind of encapsulated here, and it's very good to go, go here and read this every once in a while. Instruct those who are rich in this present world. Now, I'm just going to stop there because uh, we had a lesson several years ago about this, that... I think everybody sitting in this room, at least 98% of us, when you look at all the people in the world, we are rich. We are rich. We have everything we need and more. We've already said there's people who don't even have running water. 
They have to walk miles to go to a stream to get a bucket of dirty water and sleeping in dirt floors, get a little bit of rice every night. That's what they got. Folks, we are rich, so this is for us. Rich in this present world, not to be conceited. I may look at it, you know, like the one uh, parable. Look at what I did uh, with to build bigger barns. Oh, yeah. This is the work of my hands. I'm so good. Or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. Yeah, I'll just pile it up. It's going to take care of me till I'm, you know, 90 plus. We don't even think about what will happen after that. But I'm good. I'm good. My IRA is packed, my 401k, no problem. But on God, God, who richly supplies us, that's what we're talking about here, he richly supplies us with everything we need, but notice how he ends the verse, with all things to enjoy. Look at that. There it is. Joy. Yeah. You can enjoy it. It's a blessing from God. Can't go overboard. Can't fixate on it. Can't become addicted to it. Enslaved to it. But you can enjoy it. In balance. Instruct them to do good. All right? You're rich. You can do good. You got more than you need, you know? If you sat down, I know this would be, this would be a difficult task, but to sit down and say, all right, Jeff, what exactly do you need to live? You put those on this side, and then you put over here the things you really don't need. You might be surprised. We'd have a lot to be able to do good with. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Generous, folks. That's a broad word, and God leaves that up to you and me, doesn't he? What does that mean to you? Five dollars? Five hundred? That's between you and God, isn't it? He will judge you accordingly on how you interpret the word generous, where your heart is. Storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life, Indeed, life in Christ and eventually eternal life. Living a life pleasing to God. All right. Psalm 119. It isn't all about the physical pleasures. And we've kind of touched on the spiritual pleasures. We mentioned them. 
But as you get to know the Lord better and understand that all these blessings come from him, and this is the heart of God, and he wants you to enjoy them, then some of these other spiritual pleasures will become more meaningful to you, and you will appreciate them more. Psalm 119. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. Make me walk in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. You see, the word of God becomes such a pleasure and delight to those who love God. You would never want to be without this book. Never. You read it and consult it regularly. Not just for direction. Because you really love the book. You love its truths. You love its message. You love the author. There are pleasures in that book. Delights of learning and truth. The beauties, the comfort it gives, the peace, the depth of it, the revealing of God himself, the insights into life, the guidance into right living, the assurances which truth and true faith bring into the heart to know I am on the right path in life. There is no substitute for that to give you peace. There's no substitute. I'm on the right, tra- I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right thing. God's with me. All will be well. There's no substitute for that. And we see people every day, and you know people all the time. They're just running here and running there, and they're doing this and they're doing that, and they don't even know what life is about. You know what the Bible calls those people? Lost. They're lost. Psalm 37. Verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. It all gets back to God. Well, you're talking about the food on your table, your family, the gift of Jesus Christ, the word of God. It all goes back to God. He is the source of all things good, life itself and everything beyond. Delight yourself in the Lord. He is the Father, our Heavenly Father, our rock, our salvation, our high tower. You you name it, take it from Scripture. Jesus Christ is Lord. Know him. Walk with him. He'll give you the pleasures of your heart the desires, you'll be at peace. No matter what happens, you'll be at peace. So let's assert this. God is not a frumpy old guy who wants you slaving through life with a sour face. He is not that guy. He is a God who holds myriads of pleasures in his right hand for those who would seek them out. Not sensualities and unbridled lust and, you know, just total licentiousness, but real and genuine pleasures of life, true and satisfying and lasting 
We need to learn to appreciate them and seek them out and, yes, enjoy them. To enjoy them. I brought this uh, magazine, this Voice of the Martyrs, and uh, I was wanting to wanting God to show me a good time to use this, and I'll use it now. This is my uh, my uh, visual today. I know you can't see it. Well, I'll, but I'm going to let you see it. Young man, this is a muddy river or a muddy lake. But I want you to see the faces. See the faces of these young men, one of whom is being baptized into Christ. We got smiles, folks. We got smiles. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Young man heard the gospel, believed it, said, hey, this is life. Get me on the right track. Get me out of my sin." out of my selfishness. Help me to enjoy the gifts of God and move on to eternity. What a joy. You ready this morning to be baptized into Christ, give your life to Him? Yes, it's a serious decision and not to be taken lightly, but there's joy in that. When you give your life to Christ, you're free. You're free. Free from sin, free from worry, free from drudgery. You now you now understand what life's about. That doesn't mean you won't ever have any pain or problems anymore. But you got the greatest master now and help and get and spirit that you could ever hope for. If you're a Christian and you've been living like a sober side and a sour face, wow, you need to change. I'm serious. <laughs> you really need to change. You need to repent big time and give God the credit for the pleasure in life and seek it and find it. Keep it in balance. But find that pleasure that God has for you. If you need prayer in that regard, we'd be happy to pray with you. If you want to obey the gospel, we're here to assist you. And as always we say, you, you want to call, you want to talk, we'll get together. Mike will talk with you. Mike had to go to work, but he'd talk with you. Find the true life that God has for you. Won't you come while we stand and sing?